are asking the question in this series, can I contend? Running relationships or ruining relationships? A couple of weeks ago, I laid the foundation for this entire series. I, I sensed a release to, to preach a message that I'd heard two years ago and then found out that several other people had uh, already preached as well. I figured if it was good enough for me, it was probably almost good enough for some of you. And so I decided to preach a message called Running with the Horses just a few weeks back. If you didn't hear that message, I would encourage you, if nothing else, for entertainment's sake, uh, I think we posted the 930 service and, uh, and I ran. I, I ran. And I believe that that was the Lord because I didn't fall. See, if it's Jesus, then the Holy Spirit doesn't trip you. But if it's you, he humbles you and you'll fall flat on your face or hurt yourself. That's how you can tell the difference. Somebody runs and they make it. It was the Holy Ghost. If they don't make it, then you just know that was them. So that's a, just a little litmus test um, that was funnier in my head than, than it was to you. So uh, in this series, we're asking the question, can I contend? And I believe that in order to answer that question, we need to identify, you may want to write this down, identify what we are actually contending with or against. Like, what and or who is the real enemy? Who are we really fighting? Okay, as we do this, I want to invite you to grow in your spiritual maturity a little bit and, and do this one thing starting out. Begin to test things that you see, that you hear. Like, don't just assume they're true. It's okay to, to test them, to weigh them against God's word or or even the Holy Spirit within you. I believe we need to designate, again, may want to write this down, take a note on this. Um, I believe we need to designate what God is in, you with me, from what God allows. Because God allows some things he's not in. And you can see that in scripture. I give you several examples, but I want you to find them and I want you to look. There are things that God allows that he wasn't necessarily in favor of. I'll give you one example. One example is when Lucifer asked permission to persecute Job. God allowed that, but it wasn't God that was smiting Job, as Job thought he was. But the faithfulness of that believer was, even though you slay me, yet will I trust you. But it wasn't really God. It was the enemy. But God allowed it, why? To prove Job's faithfulness in the face of the enemy. I believe that we are in a day. Mark this down. Remember I said it. I believe that we are in a day where God is allowing the enemy, allowing the world, allowing our own temptation to test us so that we at the end can be shown faithful and God can use the faithfulness of his people to shove it down the throat of the enemy. The faithfulness of God's people in the face of the enemy. It's just the way that God works. How can we test and how can we know what God is in versus what God allows? Well, turn with, you, turn with me in, the, in your Bible today. 1 John chapter 4. Um, I'll move as quickly as possible. And thank you for your patience ahead of time. So if you get up and walk out now, it's going to be weird. So you may as well stay. Verse 2. 1 John 4, verse 2, by this you know the Spirit of God, okay? 
You don't, you don't even have to wonder. You can know. John said 2,000 years ago, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. God's in it. Okay, just quick example. Jesus is with the disciples. The disciples come up to Jesus. They're like, Lord, there are people doing things in your name. We're going to go stop them. Jesus is like, no, no, you're not going to go stop them. But Lord, they go to church somewhere else. He's like, no, no, no. Listen, if it's in my name, it's okay. I believe that John was standing there. This is the apostle John. I believe that he was standing there when Jesus said it, and he never forgot it. I believe he's probably one of the ones like, I'm, I'm going to make them stop. I'm going to make them stop because we're with you, and, and we're obviously more important because we go to your church. So I'm going to make them stop. And Jesus said, don't you? No, no, no. You're not going to stop anybody. You're going to stay right where you are, which is by me and or behind me. And John remembered this, and so he's writing to the church a lesson that he learned from the mouth of the Savior. This is how you know if God's spirit is in something. Every spirit that confesses Jesus has come in the flesh is of God. Verse 3, watch this, but every spirit, every spirit, it's important for us today, that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is... The spirit of the Antichrist. Notice, he doesn't say it's the Antichrist. This is the Antichrist. Stop naming people that are Antichrist. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Don't, I, we'll come back to that. This is spirit. And John says this, which you have heard was coming. So, if you've already heard it, it shouldn't surprise you when it happens. Like, when we see one world government, one world currency, we shouldn't go, oh, Lord Jesus, these demonic people trying to lead us astray. No, we should go, oh, Lord Jesus, your word's coming to pass. Get ready, get ready, get ready. I'm going with him. You want to come too? It shouldn't annoy us. And it shouldn't make us afraid. Come on, it should anoint us. It should excite us. We, gotta, we have to stop becoming angry with the people that God has actually anointed us for. The people that disagree with us. The people that don't like us. The people that didn't vote like us. The people that don't post like us. Those are the people that we're anointed for. Not that we're supposed to be angry with. And you can't be angry with somebody and be anointed for somebody. You will have to choose. This is the Spirit. It's the spirit of the Antichrist. It's here. It's already, you've already heard about it. Why are you so surprised when the things that God said would happen are starting to happen? It shouldn't surprise you. It should excite you. It should give you a sense of urgency and evangelism. I better get my house in order. I better teach my children kingdom principles. I better get plugged in and become more like Jesus. I heard it was coming and now it's happening. Watch, John said, and now it's already in the world. That spirit is already in the world. Now, again, a few weeks ago, I, I preached this message about running with the footmen versus contending with the horsemen. And, and today I want to dive in. There are four horse, there are four horses in the book of Revelation. 
that actually open these four horses and the horsemen on those horses, they open what is referred to in Scripture as the Great Tribulation. Okay, Seven years of absolute Hades on earth that actually is marked with three and a half years of peace. Three and a half will stand on the temple mount of God over in Israel and claim himself to be God and say, you either worship me and bow or you don't eat. You either take this mark or you don't eat. And this seal, the first seal that is opened is the pouring out of God's wrath. Now listen, I got good news from the very beginning. I don't believe I'm going to be here. And I believe if you put your faith in Jesus, then you don't have to be here either. Why? Because God already poured out his wrath upon his son. So if you're in his son, he can't pour his wrath out on you again. But if you're not in his son, then you will suffer the wrath of God. And God will pour out his wrath. I don't believe I'm going to be here for that seven years. I, don't even, I definitely don't believe here, I'm going to be here for the three and a half years. The main reason that I don't, and some people do, and that's okay. I could agree with you and disagree with you with the same scriptures that you would agree with yourself with. I can do either one. I've learned all of them. I've gone through all the discussion and all the debate, and this is where I've settled. Here's where I've settled. Jesus is coming back at any time. That's when he's coming back, Jesus. Nothing else has to happen. No other prophecy has to be fulfilled. I am, in fact, praying that Jesus comes within the next two and a half years because I was a student pastor, and I don't want teenage daughters, but I will stay It's mainly I don't want to deal with the teenage boys that will be attracted to my teenage daughters. It's mainly that. I fear for their soul, truly. But I believe that we would be, as the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, caught up in the air to be with Jesus. Okay, But I believe the first four chapters of the book of Revelation are types of churches that still exist today. Where there were seven in the book of Revelation, there are now several thousand that represents those types of churches, okay? And then all of a sudden, in Revelation 5, 6 through 22, actually through 19, you don't hear about the church again in the book of Revelation. I believe you don't hear about the church again in Revelation 5 through 19 because we're not here. That's that's what I believe. If you want to stay and go up in the second wave, you go ahead. We'll be waiting on you. I'll save you a seat next to somebody else that you can disagree with for the rest of eternity. (laughs) But the first seal that opens, it's interesting who opens the seal. Who allows the wrath? Let's read it. The first of the four horses, Revelation chapter 6, verse 1. Now I saw, John is writing, when the Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus himself, opened one of the seals and I heard one of the four creatures saying with a voice like thunder come and see verse 2 and I looked and behold a white horse now this is interesting that the first horse would be white because a lot of people are going to think that this is the Messiah because they're not in him and the enemy is really good at taking something that is an absolute biblical truth and twisting it ever so slightly to make it seem more convincing and more comfortable. The enemy is really good, hear me, at producing a counterfeit. 
and even calling it Christianity and convincing so-called Christians that they're following. And so we need to use discernment. We have to grow. Because you can be born again and end up a confused baby. If you don't designate the difference, the enemy's great at producing counterfeits. And most of the time, the counterfeit will go right along with what you really wanted to fit into anyways. And that's how you know it's not him. There was a white horse, the Bible says, and he who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer. Remember, this is the spirit, okay, that I believe is alive and well today. I don't believe that the white horse is here. Um, I don't believe the Antichrist is here, but I believe the spirit, just like John said 2,000 years ago. You can see the spirit. The white horse, many theologians believe, is a horse of disruption and deception. Now, there are two pastors that I follow prominently. Um, one of them is Pastor Chris Hodges at Church of the Highlands. I have, I have no, no beef acknowledging that, that I follow him and I listen to him and I learn from him. And another one is Dr. Jim Bradford. And I watched both of these series and I listened to their take and, and I read these scriptures on my own and I asked God which one of these fits. And, the, and there are several different scholars that have different takes on what these horses mean and, and who's riding them. And, and some people think that, you know, the white horse is the white house. And I think that's silly as junk and we need to stop saying silly stuff that confuses people. But this white horse, this white horse is is the horse of disruption and deception. Dr. Jim Bradford pastors a church in Springfield, Missouri. He is literally a rocket scientist, like before he went into ministry. Okay, so um, if you want to argue with somebody about what this horse is, actually, I will give you his email, and I'll let you tell the rocket scientist why he's wrong, and then you guys can go back and forth and figure this out. Um, this is the horse, if you will, you just hold this up there for me. This is the horse of conquest or, or conquering through disruption of society, of social norms, disruption of obviously moral absolutes for ages, disruption and deception. No, 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 you, God doesn't create you. You get to choose who you are. Deception. Well, yeah, but, but God didn't really mean that. You remember, that's the same thing that the enemy told Eve in the garden. Before she was Eve, by the way, she was just the woman. Companion, likened unto the man and Christ. And he said, did God really say? It's the same thing that the enemy says this day. Same spirit. Did God really say? It's the horse of deception and, and disruption. Um, Dr. Bradford pointed this out. Historically, uh, the, it was in battle, as I showed you a couple of weeks ago, you had, you had foot soldiers, or like the first wave of the attack, and then you would have the horses and chariots, and then mixed in there, you would have bowmen. Okay, it was very rare that like the bowmen and the horsemen were the same. Okay. Normally, normally, you would have bowmen, and then you would face the horses and the chariots. So it's interesting that John points out in, during the Roman Empire, the reign of the Roman Empire, that this first guy on this first horse is going to be a bowman on horseback, like together. Now, 
Dr. Bradford said that the Romans would have recognized this as a threat to their empire because there was a group of people who had learned how to shoot a bow from horseback, which is cool, by the way. Okay, I actually know a Kenyan that could throw a spear from the top of a car. That's a true story. I'll tell you about it after service if you're interested. These bowmen came on horseback. This was actually a representation of the one group of the one enemy that Rome felt they were vulnerable to, which was the Parthians. They had trained their soldiers to shoot a bow from the horseback. And so the bow represented their ability to be conquered and the crown represented by another kingdom. And, and we've seen this in our lifetime. In our lifetime, many of you will remember, we've seen kingdoms be conquered and no longer exist. Obviously, one of them is the Roman Empire. The revelator was saying, hey, listen, Rome, you're vulnerable. Your economy is vulnerable. Your faith system is vulnerable. Your security is vulnerable. Your comfort is vulnerable. Your empire is vulnerable. Soviet Union, you're vulnerable. Remember when that one came down? United States of America, you're vulnerable. Your economy's vulnerable. Your systems are vulnerable. Your branches of government are vulnerable. Your leadership is vulnerable. Your people are vulnerable. China, you're vulnerable. There's a horse coming after you. And God's going to allow it because you're not in him. It looks a lot like Christianity, but it's not. You aren't allowing authentic Christianity to rule you anyway, so I'm going to show you what happens when you're not in me. That's what happens. Listen, no empire, no empire will last forever. No kingdom will last forever. There is only one throne that will last forever and only one king that will sit on it from this day forward. He is the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, forever and evermore. His name is and shall always be lion of the tribe of Judah, lamb that was slain, author and perfecter, rose of Sharon, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Elohim, Jesus Christ, Christ is his name, and he is the same, and he shall forever be. No other kingdom shall last but the one, the second horseman. Verse 3, when he opened the second seal, he is, by the way, Jesus, allowing these things to happen. I heard the second living creature saying, come and see another horse, fiery red. Not like pretty red, okay? Not like the... Uh, what was the bedtime stories show where the red horse, you know, the Adam Sandler came riding in on and all the gumballs were flying out of the sky? And Yeah, and what's it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go watch the movie. It's hilarious. My kids love it. It rains gumballs. There's a beautiful red horse in there. That's not this horse. This is a fire horse. Not like a fire truck because those are cool too. But a red horse that went out and it was, watch, watch. God allowed it was granted. God allowed. God's not in it. He opened the seal and then he stood back. This is what you wanted anyways. You wanted me out of your world? I'm out. I also took everybody that wanted me in. It was granted to you, the one who sat on it, to take peace from the earth. The land of peace and prosperity is no more. To take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another. 
peace from the earth, killing one another? Is the spirit alive or not? Did you know that the last 20 years have been the most fatal years in the history of humanity? More deaths, more murders than any other time in history. We live in the time where life from the womb to the tomb has less value than it has ever had before. The spirit of this horse is alive and well. The Bible says there was given to him a great sword. Again, a counterfeit. Because the Bible says that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. And the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And so this enemy has a sword that is likened unto the sword. So you're going to have to be able, listen to me, you're going to have to be able to designate what the world offers as a counterfeit versus what the word offers as true, authentic Christianity. There will be a testing and a sifting through the spirits allowed by the Spirit. He's carrying a sword. The red horse is the horse of fear and violence. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Bloodshed, innocent life, civil disorder. If you don't like authority, you just rebel and create your own. If you don't like the system, you just stock up and form your own army. Sound familiar? Set up barricades and take over a city. Charge the White House and ruin the operation of democracy that has existed for over 200 years in a moment. It's interesting, isn't it? Chris, whose side are you on? Jesus's? Bloodshed. The Spirit's alive and well. And these horses are on the way. How do you know that? Because you can see him, number one. But he already said, mainly. Third horse, verse 5. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a black horse. Now, listen, I think of black beauty. When I think of a black horse, because I watched a movie on VHS. It was like a plastic thing with some windy stuff on the inside of it. That's how I know I'm not a millennial. I don't care how, much, how far back they move it. Y'all know nothing about VHS. You might have seen some at the museum. <laughs> but you ain't got any on your shelf, okay? So, still do. Except for the ones my mom threw away. Why ain't throw away my stuff? Anyways, Black Beauty. Black Beauty was like the Fabio of horses. Black Beauty standing up in the air. Just throw his, what? I just messed up. My, I felt it. I go back that way. That's not this horse, okay? That's not this horse. This horse, the Bible says, the one who sat on it had a pair of scales. Not like snake scales, which is what I think of when I think of scales, because I hate snakes. But these kind of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat, a quart, just a quart size of wheat, for a denarius, which is a day's wages, approximately. And three quarts of barley for a day's wages, which is hyperinflation, like things that used to be very affordable are now inflated and you can't get them. 
like toilet paper. We just go right back there. Um, never mind. And so do not, then the Bible says, do not harm, but do not harm the oil and the wine. Now some theologians, and, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but they could be right. Probably not, but they could be. They, they do not, this says, do not harm the oil and the wine. Some theologians say, now this is the Holy Spirit, and that's why you can't harm it. Because the oil represented the Spirit from the Old Testament into the New. And the wine is the blood of Jesus. So you can't rule or reign over the blood of Jesus. This is the oil and the wine. I don't believe that this is the Spirit and the representation of Christ. Because the Holy Spirit and the representation of Christ is up in heaven with Him, and God is not in this. This represents, in my, this is in my interpretation, this represents the things that God is not in. God is saying, you think you can be an oil tycoon and make it into the kingdom without me. You think that the oil and the alcohol are all that you need to make it into the next day. So do not harm the oil or the alcohol. Because this is what people are going to find their substance and security in. In fact, this is a thing in the New Testament, according to Dr. Bradford, he said that only the elite in society would even have access to this. This is why they wanted to protect it. So here's what this horse would bring. See if this sounds familiar. What this horse would bring, this black horse, would be chaos in commerce. It would bring chaos. I mean more chaos than the Great Depression, more chaos than 2008. More chaos than anything that we've seen thus far. More inflation. And only the already rich would have access. And everybody else would barely be able to purchase what they formerly had access to. So see if this sounds familiar. Only the socially elite things in life would be protected. And everybody else would be punished. The elite will protect the elite and everything else will go to waste because they are only worried about their self-promotion and their selfish agendas. The black horse is chaos and commerce. Economic collapse greater than any COVID shutdown. But the same spirit, your society is vulnerable. That's what 2020 should have shown us. That we're as close as we've ever been. And there are not just spirits on the way, there are spirits involved right now. And I'm not saying that some things shouldn't have been shut down. I just got a message from somebody this morning that lost a dear friend to COVID-19 specifically. Just this morning. I'm not showing illegitimate concern towards that. That's not the purpose of this. I'm just saying it was like a mosquito compared to the wasp on the way black horse look I'm if you haven't been here in a while you're welcome for this encouraging message if you hear me today I need you to hear the heart of of a father and and a positional pastor even if I haven't earned the right in your life to be your pastor um I don't like this okay I like I don't enjoy this I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm certainly not trying to scare you. But I am, I am, and I sense in my heart more than ever, I am called more than I've ever been before to prepare the church. That starts with my house. 
And although I may experience some fear at times, I, I refuse to let that fear rule over me when I know that perfect love casts out all fear. And the one that gives perfect love gave me radah or dominion over the fear to operate according to his will that he's already predestined for me to walk in. If you didn't get all that, you're going to have to go back and just rewind. It was recorded just for you. Don't ask me to say it again. But I'm not scared. I am prepared. And I don't mean by stocking up water and ammo and guns, although I like water, ammo, and guns. My daughter, whenever Walmart ran out of meat, you remember that? How crazy is that? You couldn't go to Walmart and get meat. My daughter, my oldest daughter goes, what are we going to do? And I said, baby, come here. There are some things we may run out of, especially if y'all don't stop treating toilet paper like it's the will of fortune. I can't reproduce toilet paper, and I only have so many t-shirts. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I have a lot more sleeveless right now than I had last January. Was... Sometimes I'm too honest. <laughs> um, come here, baby. Let me talk to you. Uh, there's a lot of things we're gonna run, we may run out of. We may. I'm not saying we will. I'm just we may. Um, but as long as I have a bullet or a blade, meat is not going to be one of those things, sweetheart. <laughs> those squirrels quit running around in our tree in the backyard we in trouble till then we got lunch breakfast dinner <laughs> I'm not scared guys I'm not talking about preparing physically I'm talking about preparing spiritually because you can have all the physical supplies you need get left behind and not last three weeks you want me to show you the fourth horse fourth horse when he opened the fourth seal I heard the voice of the living creature saying, Come and see. So I looked, John says, and behold, a pale horse. And the name of him who sat on it was death. And this is the Antichrist. Death, the opposite of life, which is Jesus. And Hades, the opposite of heaven, which is where Jesus is. Followed with him, and watch this, power. You remember a minute ago, it said it was granted to him. Now it says, and power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to be killed with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beast of the earth. Now again, I'm not showing illegitimate concern towards those who have been affected by COVID-19 and or other sicknesses, and or other diseases. That is not my objective, but I'm telling you, this was like a raindrop compared to the storm that is on the way. This spirit that disrupted, hear me, disrupted and deceived our society. This spirit that casts fear and violence through bloodshed and civil disorder. This spirit that has caused hyperinflation and will continue to do so even more than it already has. This spirit that will be okay and actually encourage death and destruction. A quarter of the earth, the pale horse is a horse of disease and death. More than any other disease. We're not talking about 300 million who have died from Spanish flu. We're not talking about hundreds of thousands and up to a million who have perished from other strands of viruses and cancers and other diseases. 
We are talking, hear me, we are talking about billions upon billions of people in an instant. A quarter of the earth from disease and death. Not a virus created in a lab by man to control anything, if that's what you think. But a plague sent and allowed by God himself. Combined with conquering swords and murderous spirits. Right now, there are approximately 8.5 billion people on the earth. That means 2.2 billion if the earth doesn't continue to grow. According to this scripture, and it has grown a couple of billion people, I believe, just in my lifetime. And it will continue to grow because of the infidelity that exists across the earth. It will continue to grow. There will be at least two, maybe three billion people. Billion people who will perish. Again, I'm not trying to scare you today. Because you only experience this if you choose to. I am preparing you. I am warning you. I asked my wife between services, that was a little tough, huh? She said, ah, you seemed a little angry. (laughs) Can I tell you that I'm not angry, I'm furious? I'm furious with what I read on your social medias. I'm furious with what I see people post and have no regard for the other side whatsoever. You cannot be spirit-filled and inconsiderate. They do not go together. I am, I am appalled by the angles and the ostracization that people take towards people that they're supposed to be loving and winning. Did you know that you can be right and still be wrong? You can be right and be unrighteous? What does it matter if you win an argument but lose a soul? My opinion has never won anybody to Jesus. In fact, often my opinion has gotten in the way of his anointing. But when you stop operating in your opinion and you start operating in his anointing, then you are fulfilled by things that used to frustrate you and you win the people that used to annoy you. Be careful. Little hands what you type. Because we will give an account one day over the things that we said. What I'm showing you today has already begun. In fact, it's been happening for thousands of years. Maybe it'll happen for another thousand years. I don't think so. I believe all the prophecies have been fulfilled. I can see these spirits all around. And many people have been blown away and many more have been sifted away. But I believe the decision is still ours. Jeremiah heard a response from God when he questioned him, which God can always allow and and God can handle. For four verses in Jeremiah 12, he allowed Jeremiah's questions. (laughs) The thing is, is when you ask God a question, get ready for his response. So God responded to Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah... He said, America, if you have run with the footmen, 
and they have wearied you. If temporary people and temporary problems and temporary pain has caused you to be sifted from God's will, distracted from God's purpose of winning people that don't agree with you and leading people into salvation that don't believe with you. If you have become weary because of the footmen, then how can you contend with the spirit of the horses that are on the way? See, that gets heavy. But sometimes we need a coach's challenge over a cheerleader's chance. And we end up better. Everybody doesn't like to be coached. And I love my cheerleader. Thank you, girl, for saying yes. But I never heard a cheerleader on the sidelines that made me do something that I wasn't about to do. But I heard a lot of coaches correct me back into the right direction. If you, the Bible says, in the land of peace and prosperity, in which, by the way, you have trusted. God didn't tell us to trust in this land. He didn't tell us to put our faith in this country. He didn't tell us to put our trust and our faith and our security in the things that we can see in the time in which we live. But if those things have wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? Man, I, I, I wish that I could control this stuff. And some of these people, like my pastor's heart, my pastor's heart, hear me, my pastor's heart hurts for the people that have been to funerals because of COVID-19. And my pastor's heart hurts for the people that have suffered significantly financial damage that they may never recover from because of the, the shutdowns of COVID-19. I can't pick one or a, another because you're both sitting in this room. By the way, However you feel about whatever end of that conversation, you need to remember that you sat in the house of God with somebody that disagrees with you. And when you just openly post out of frustration and anger, you lose your fulfillment and anointing and you push the people that you are supposed to be fighting with further away. I mean fighting with the real enemy. Well, you don't understand how unhappy I am. No, you don't understand that you don't get to be happy when you're in war. You don't understand that when you're in the foxhole, there's not a whole lot of happiness, but there's a whole lot of people that still need to be reached because there is a war that is raging on the outside and you are still in God's army. So even though you're not happy, you can experience his joy. And in the midst of the darkness, you can shine your light. Chris, I can't run with the horses. I can't stand this mess. I can't stand these people. I can't stand these policies. I don't know if I can take it anymore. If they say one more thing, if they do one more thing, I just can't do this. You're right. You can't do it alone. Elijah, you can't do it alone. 
But 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 46 says the Lord came upon Elijah and gave him special strength. I sense the spirit of run on me again today. The spirit of the Lord came against the spirit of the Antichrist that was in Ahab, the supposed king that wasn't operating in the right anointing. But Elijah stayed honorable to the king's position even though he wasn't obedient to the king's spirit. And because he was honorable, the Lord gave Elijah special strength. And the Bible says he put his belt on and he laced up his shoes and he ran past the people that were trying to persecute him and the horses that they were riding on. When the Lord comes upon you, he will, I'm praying for somebody to receive some special strength in such a time as this, that you would know that you weren't born for the 80s on purpose, that you would know you weren't born for the 90s on purpose, that you would know that you weren't born for the early 2000s on purpose but Jesus Christ put you in 2021 and he said you're not gonna be weary because of the foot soldiers anymore you're gonna get ready to route run the horses that are on the way no matter how you feel about the spirits of today so over the next few weeks as I come back down off the mountain this is tea not coffee I don't need coffee Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to give you nine things. Today, I'm just going to give you one. Ways we believe you can contend. See, I believe, number one, over the next few weeks of nine different things, that you should contend with covering. You said in your heart, you've probably said, Over the last year, God, I don't know if I can do this. I've heard people who are suffering because of the sickness of a loved one say, God, I don't know if I can do this. I've heard people who are suffering because of the sickness of the economy, God, I don't know if I can do this. I've heard people who have said, because of the sickness of civil disorder, I don't know if I can do this. Let me just confirm, if you could have done it, then Jesus could have stayed on his throne. He didn't, but he is now. And we are to contend with covering. If you go read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 5, you can get a a synopsis, if you will, of the last days. You can see a summary of what Paul believed to be evidence of the end of times in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 5. And then all of a sudden, in the end of verse 5, there's this paragraph break. And then Paul begins to give this list of nine different things. And this, this is, he ends this list by saying, this is the will of God. Interesting, Jesus said, only those who do the will of the Father shall inherit the kingdom. And Paul says, this is the will of God. He actually starts out in 1 Thessalonians 4 by saying, this is the will of God. Interesting, he ends 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, this is the will of God. I would say that what is in between those two phrases is fairly important. If Jesus said, it's only if you do this 
that you inherit the kingdom. So this is not a couple of chapters worth of recommendations that we should follow for godly living. No, 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 this is a requirement for a follower of Christ. And at the end, he begins to list these things. The first one he says in in verse 12 is, dear brothers and sisters, hey family, hey family, honor, honor. Because anybody can be angry. Anybody can complain about authority when authority's not around. I know because I've done it, hey. But honor, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. Now listen, that's not just talking about pastors. Remember because the same guy that wrote this wrote the verse that said, there is no authority unless God allowed it so any authority that is positioned was allowed to be positioned by God for his work if God can use Nebuchadnezzar somebody needs to stand up and be a Daniel so honor those who are your, this isn't talking about pastors only, staff members, elders, board members, lay leaders, senior saints, small group leaders. No, this is talking about authority. He's saying contend, contend with covering. Now, some of y'all about to freak out, okay? It's about to happen. I ain't even had to press the button. Now listen, if this bothers you, Just remember, I don't believe in jinx, I believe in Jesus. And I already did this in first service, and I'm still okay. I also changed my socks and my underwear when I had a good baseball game, it's crazy. (laughs) Had another one the next day, sometimes. Contend with covering, why? Because when you contend with covering, and by the way, the covering is honor. But it's not other people's honor, it's yours. So other people can be dishonorable and you can still be honorable. And just because you don't obey doesn't mean that you have to be dishonorable. I don't have to obey things and or people that tell me to do things that Scripture clearly tells me is unrighteous. But I can still be honorable. What's the difference? The attitude in which you do it. The way in which you type it. Guys, your social media platform is your New Testament witness. It's your 21st century example. In other words, you don't get to be a jerk online and try to be kind in person because they already know who you really are. I don't get to either. Like, I'm with you. Contend with covering. And this is all leaders, civil leaders, governmental leaders, coaches, teachers, small group leaders, 
friends and family members, people with tenure, people in positional authority. The position earns your honor, no matter what person is in it. You deal with your honor so God doesn't deal with you. Contend with covering, because when you have the covering, you can be in the middle of the storm and not as affected. I'm, I'll be 37 this summer. I know I don't look it. I am good looking for my age. Thank you. And uh, it, it's been quite some time since my mama just told me what to do. God, I love you, mama. Don't just don't type anything. Um, I, but I don't have to do everything my mom says anymore because I'm growing, you know? I ain't grown, but I'm, I'm getting there, sort of. But if I become dishonorable, even if I don't obey exactly, then I remove my covering and I am now exposed. I'm just as exposed as the person that I'm angry at. But as long as I remain honorable, even if I disagree, and especially if I don't directly obey, I can maintain my honor. But when I remove my honor for my parents, I don't live the same life that I, I was called to live. When I'm dishonorable to the positional authority that God has placed in my life, whether at a federal level, well, come on, honor is honor no matter who is in charge. Who is in the position doesn't determine how honorable I am or am not. I determine that. And when you become dishonorable, you poke holes in your covering. And eventually, what God wanted to use to do His work in and through your life you remove from your life and are just as exposed. Johnny Hunt, some of you don't know, some of you do. He's a covering for me. Pastor Den Hussey is a covering for me. Pastor Scott Holmes, our district leader, he's a covering for me. Joe Gilry, Debbie Gilry, they're a covering for me. Joey and Gwen Johnson, a covering for me. My wife, she's a covering for me. So I'd rather be accountable and honorable because I can't contend alone. This church is a covering for me. That's why God put me here. He knew I needed a covering. My friends and my family, they're a covering for me. This staff, although not in charge of me, is a covering for me if I want to be accountable. You can't do this alone. You weren't created to. No, me and Jesus, yeah, you show me that scripture and I'll show you 10 more where you're wrong. Because God said from Old Testament into Revelation, I will be their God and they will be my people. People. See, when you gave your life to Jesus, 
You gave up your individual right and you became part of a body. And listen, we are best as one body. That's where we're best. We're not best as individuals. It is not good for man to be alone. We are best as one body. We are best as Asian, African, Caucasian, Latino. We are best We are best when we come together as one and we win the people that aren't already a part of the one. Muslim, Mormon, immoral, impure, whatever color, creed, Republican, Democrat, that get a better amen don't you let the devil divide what Jesus died to protect the body has already experienced the wrath of God add to the righteousness be part of the body that belongs to him. Let me pray over you today. Father, I love you and I thank you for your word. I thank you for the patience of your people. I get that there are some people in position that are supposed to be taking care of us and and supposed to be protecting us and sometimes those people don't do their job but God, help us to be honorable. Help us to contend with covering Help us to obey you and your word above anything or anybody else. But God, help us to maintain honor no matter what. Help us to remember we can't do this alone and we weren't created to. We were created for companionship, friends and family, relationships. We were created to be part of the church, part of the body of Christ. So God, right now I pray for every follower of Jesus to identify their role. God, what's my role in this age? How can I more and greater reflect your glory? How how can I be an example and a witness for you? God, what are some of the things that I've said and done that, that didn't represent you the way that you wanted to be represented? Lord, show me where I'm falling short even though I'm already forgiven. And God, right now, I pray for every person in here and watching online that isn't confident of who they are on you. I'm reading this spirit of the Antichrist and, 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 and they've been overcome and overwhelmed by some of these spirits. But God, today could be the day of their salvation where they listen to the spirit of the living God and, and they respond and they receive the salvation that's already been purchased for them to receive. God, right now, I pray that you would help them to open up their hearts. If you're in this place right now or you're watching online and you know the Holy Spirit is stirring in you, you haven't been following Jesus, you haven't been representing Him. He doesn't have your life. You haven't fully surrendered. Or maybe you did it one time, but you know that it was a long time ago 
and you need to commit or recommit your life to him right now, right here today. Become part of his body again or for the first time. If that's you, I want to invite you to just open your hands right where you are. Church, don't you take this time off. If you're a follower of Jesus, you pray for them like somebody prayed for you. But if that's you, open your hands right where you are in an act of surrender, in a position, and a posture to receive. Church, I want to invite you to pray this prayer loud so that anybody that needs to confess this would pray out loud. This is not just something we do. This is the reason we're here today. Come on, if you're not following Jesus, if you need to give him your life right now, open your hands and pray this prayer with me. Come on, let's say it out loud. Jesus, forgive me. I'm falling. I've been distracted, discouraged, disobedient. That's sin. It separates me from you. I don't want to be separated. I want to be saved. Cleanse me. Forgive me. I believe you died on the cross. You shed your blood to pay for my sin. You were raised from the dead so I could be born again, made new, just like you. So take my life. Make it yours. May I follow you with all of my heart. May I run and not grow weary. May I walk and not be faint. As long as I'm walking with you, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can you give God praise today?